The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Hi, you guys. Welcome to the Untamed and Unashamed podcast. This is a place where together we can navigate through life's ups and downs with all of the vulnerability, compassion, and openness that we can muster. Along with the help of guests from all walks of life, we'll discover new truths while doing some unlearning, and we'll gain valuable tools for becoming who we already are, while also uncovering our divine gifts. I'm Jade Bryce, and I'm so happy that you're here. Today, we are having on a man that is so hilarious, but uses his comedy for activism. You may not agree with his stances, but it's still hard to not laugh and not take offense because of his playful delivery. At least that's been my experience, even in videos of his where I haven't fully agreed or even got a little triggered. And I've never felt that comedy at another person's expense is funny, but I think that he does a good job at directing his comedy at mindsets and programming and corporations instead of at individuals themselves, even though uh, we may sometimes watch them and take it personal as if we are the individual. And when we're triggered by it, though, it may be because we're over identifying with one of those mindsets or programmings or corporations. And that's something I'm still sitting with in this <clears throat> in this very polarizing time that we're in. And I'm going to discuss all that with him today. He's known online as Awaken with JP. He is a YouTuber, comedian, emotional healing coach, author, speaker, world traveler, and curious student of life. He produces satirical, hopefully I said that right, videos about wellness and the American left, such as his 2015 video on how to become gluten intolerant, which now has over 10 million views. He is also the host of the podcast, The Awaken with J.P. Sears Show. And he tours the country extensively doing stand-up comedy, and his videos have been viewed more than 500 million times. In addition to inspiring laughter in a weird world, JP's work takes on unapologetic stance for freedom, free speech, and encouraging people to free themselves from fear. Please help me welcome JP Sears to Untamed and Unashamed. Hey, thank you for having me, Jade. Yeah, I'm so glad that you're here. So I'd love to hear your story. Um, if you can just take us through maybe some highs and lows that led you to where you are today. 
and what you're doing with your life today. Yeah, yeah, it's certainly lots mm -hmm. of highs, lots of lows. Where do we begin? Yeah. Um, uh, I'll, I'll maybe begin in the middle and jump around Quentin Tarantino style just uh, to confuse people. Okay. <laughs> so I, I've been doing comedy professionally for the past seven years. And before that, I was doing life coaching for, and by the way, the comedy in the past seven years, that's a whole hero's journey in, that, in and of itself. But right now, starting at the macro level, before I was doing comedy, I was doing life coaching, health coaching for 13 years, because at the tender age of 19, I dropped out of college, having been in for a few months, I guess I was 18, and I just knew what's not for me. College mm -hmm. is kind of traditional route. Mm -hmm. Didn't know what was for me, but I quickly got into studies with an alternative health institute in California, the Czech Institute, and mm -hmm. all amazing stuff. But for the first time ever, my passions for learning were excited. Mm -hmm. So I followed those and had really enjoyable work with clients and teaching courses around the world for 13 years. And then I just started getting the the knock on the door where I had these ideas to share my perspectives through the language of comedy. Never thought comedy would be anything in my professional sphere or career route, even though I'd always had a very strong sense of humor at a personal level. So with no idea where I was going and no idea it would be anything other than one video, I made one comedy video and that certainly woke up some um, uh, creative fulfillment in me that I hadn't experienced before. And, and, and you know, you mentioned lows. It, uh, I'm grateful to say as we speak, I'm, I'm in a very high spot. I've been very blessed through the fruits of my hard work and contributions to the world where my, my my work has grown to be something and to touch lives in a way that I never would have imagined. But along that way, there's certainly some, some lows and challenges. And one of the lessons I found was what's, what's good will become an obstacle to what's great mm -hmm. if you're unwilling to let go of the good. So I know for me, it's so easy to let go of things when they suck. Mm -hmm. But to let go of things that I was being called to let go of that are good, that's where real, real courage comes in. Yeah. Let go of stuff that sucks, like you're just seeking relief and probably mm -hmm. smart to do. So one of my, I, I could call it a low, it was a challenge, was I, I had been called to, you know, I'm making these, comedy videos and getting other opportunities from the comedy been doing that for a few years and then you know I, I start to really just feel over doing my previous work the life coaching that client practice but I, of course I held on to it for mm -hmm. about a year longer because you know it, it's scary to let go of something yeah. that's good and this has been what's paying the bills and there's a leap mm -hmm. of faith involved here but I was just getting so burnt out and and overworked that eventually the the discomfort of that helped me realize like all right I'm I'm holding on to something that's being asked to let go mm -hmm. uh, be let go of my my old way of doing work 
so that was certainly one of the the lows I've encountered and and like just the challenge of it but like any low I think it becomes a catalyst of growth after it's processed and digested Mm -hmm. yeah I also attended the check institute um it's been really helpful and foundation foundational in my own life um and my son who is six since he was since he could really like understand what the question meant what do you want to be when you grow up um has been saying that he wants to stand on a stage and make people laugh oh, cool. yeah, without even knowing that it's called like a, co- a comic you know um or a comedian and uh before he even um was able to answer that question before he was even even able to talk i had an experience um on ayahuasca where i was just seeing the type of specific love that he was going to need and uh, it was basically to like never stifle his really goofy side to never Mm -hmm. always encourage that because he was going to help heal the world through humor so i got that Mm -hmm. message early on and then he on his own said that he was going to be someone who stands on stage and makes people laugh so um, yeah so really cool so i feel like that's what you're doing you're helping heal people in a very quirky way <laughs> through yeah. your humor. So I'm really thankful to see it. Um, and, you know, cause when I first received that message, I kind of wasn't really sure what that meant. I, I thought of a few people, you know, um, Robin Williams, yeah. uh, Bill Murray, things like that. But to, to see what you're doing, uh, I feel like that's more what that was describing. So, um, that's amazing. I feel like I'm your son reincarnated <laughs> at an age probably older than you. Well, that, that's amazing to hear. Yeah. I mean, the serendipity of the ayahuasca vision, which, by the way, not the most common vocation ever, healing the world through comedy. I mean, that's yeah. just not, that, not something you see many people doing. But for you to get that premonition and then your son. Yeah, and it was mostly because the medicine was directing me also to like never stifle that side of him to like because i tend to this is not something um that i love about myself this is something i'm always working on but i tend to take things too seriously and so uh when i i uh the message i think was mostly to like not um project that onto him to not um, poison him with that you know and and to let him stay it's yeah. a goofy, quirky little. I, I could imagine how you do. Uh, I, I could imagine why you are the necessary mom for him. So, if we mm. extrapolate it, you know, if part of his life path is to help heal the world through comedy, comedy is born out of seriousness. It's mm. like serious is one polarity, comedy is the other polarity. And of course, for someone to go deep into the polarity of, comedy they need the opposite polarity around them oh. for some people that's yeah. some comedians that's another part of their personality some yeah. comedians it's the seriousness of a trauma they've gone through for yeah. other comedians it's the the seriousness of the parents so yeah. I, I would i could imagine how that would be so instrumental for your son and while at the same time needing to polarize himself around when you're serious, mm-hmm. I could, uh, of course, yes, not 
project your seriousness onto him. In other words, let him polarize himself into himself. That makes so much sense. Thank you for that. That uh, not only helps remove some shame from from my mothering, but uh, it also reminds me of Jim Carrey's story, which is really touching. Um, Mm. So I want to get into a lot of what you stand for. And one of the questions I wanted to start off with was, what do you believe are the three most important things for us to know or do right now to set up a more free future for ourselves? Yeah. Um, uh, Be free within yourself. I'll say Mm -hmm. more about that in a second if I could. Mm -hmm. Um, Speak your mind outwardly and let your actions be congruent with your words and your thoughts. So in other words, um, it's almost like a thought, word, and action trinity that I think the world needs the most of to pave pave its way for the future we want. But specifically, we, we need to get free within ourselves. We need to be brave. We need to speak our minds. I mean, you look at censorship and like mm-hmm. that's just an externalization of what we're doing to ourselves. So we need mm-hmm. to stop censoring ourselves. Uh, and then number three, we need to embody our actions or we need to embody our beliefs or values and our thoughts with actions. It's easy to be the armchair quarterback and maybe you get online, you're advocating for something, which is cool. You have a voice. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people are letting it stand there, but it's yeah. like, Hey, sorry. Which just have- adds to the polarization and doesn't actually heal anything. Indeed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We got to embody something. And, you know, Gandhi's message was be the change you Mm -hmm. wish to see. Don't just talk about the change you wish to see. We got to be it because when we do that, now we're assuming our change we wish to see is somehow related to freedom and sovereignty. Then we're being the change, which means we're vibrating at the energy of freedom and sovereignty rather than just creating audio waves that. Mm capture freedom and sovereignty through thoughts. But, you know, the the first thing, if I could expand briefly on that, Jade, Mm -hmm. how I said, I think we need to be free within, we need to work on our own internal freedom. So what I don't mean by that is crusading against external tyrants, authorities, centralized powers that are currently trying to take our freedom. We need to do that. That's like the third thing I mentioned. The first thing is realizing we've got a, a inner tyrant. So we need to ask ourselves and, and step into radical self-responsibility, which I think is one of the things the world absolutely needs more of. We need to own our power and realize nobody takes our freedom away from us mm-hmm. more than we do. So how do we censor ourselves? How do we take our freedom? And we can look at what kind of limiting beliefs have robbed me of my freedom to grow and be the person I'm meant to be. Mm-hmm. So how have we limited ourselves? How have we, uh, you know, reconnected with shame? Like, well, I can't do that because I'm, I'm embarrassed before when I did something like that. So we, we rob our freedom mm-hmm. from ourselves yeah. or, or we censor ourselves. We don't say the thing that might give us disapproval with someone 
mm-hmm. or we'll lose social credit points or you know we you know we need to virtue signal by censoring the things like no oh, shit i voted for trump mm-hmm. a lot of people voted for trump but a lot of people censor themselves from saying that which mm-hmm. carries that energy of shame around it anytime we're censoring mm-hmm. ourselves so i you know i think getting into our the relationship we have within ourselves in our well romantic relationships our career our finances uh our purpose all the categories of life i think we're served really well when we look at how we're restricting our freedom and therefore how we can improve our freedom in those levels those areas which by the way it's never comfortable that like it it won't be deeper into your comfort zone it won't be pleasant we've been you know uh handcuffing ourselves robbing our freedom for a reason because Mm -hmm. not doing that is scarier you know freedom is always a scarier thing than slavery Mm -hmm. until it's not and anyway i think i think we need to do that we need to because that's what makes us vibrate at the energy of freedom which is my number one value that's why i'm talking Mm -hmm. about it and the because if we if we look at some of the basic spiritual principles that life our experience of life is a mirror for us we can just play the victim and be like wow you know fauci biden administration whoever you want to throw in the blame game we can polarize ourselves polarize ourselves into the role of the victim and therefore mm-hmm. they're the villain and i think there's some legitimacy there but if that's all we do then we're just making ourselves the victim. But we step mm-hmm. out of the victim role into the role of empowerment where we become the hero of our own story when we realize, nope, I've been robbing my freedom. Here's the points where I can find and I can choose a different way. And that's what empowers us. That's what elevates us from the victim to the hero where mm-hmm. where we realize the external tyrants in life have been a perfect mirror for us. To the degree that we think our freedoms are being eroded away externally, you know, the White House is pissing on our freedom of speech. They want to disarm the population. Mm-hmm. And again, third level, there's way we need to address that. But what we really need to address and realize, wow, all of that's in our field because it's mirroring mm-hmm. what I'm doing to myself. No. So. Uh, I, we're a lot of people are familiar with the term spiritual bypassing. I think mm. a lot of us were freedom bypassing. We're trying mm. to crusade for only external freedom while bypassing our own opportunity to okay. increase our vibration of freedom. So that that's a, a bit of a mouthful. I love the question. No, it's so good. Um, my best friend Tom Shadyak, who's also um, a comedian, he was uh, used to write jokes for Bob Hope. He um, he says that that's what he really feels is the missing part of this whole narrative is that um, I haven't seen Star Wars, but he he talks about the Star Wars example where like, I guess at the end, Luke Skywalker takes off the mask and sees that it was really him all along. I don't, is that correct? I, don't see- that. I, th- I think it was his dad. Okay. Uh, but I have I know they've made like 27 new Star Wars yeah. I mean, Hollywood propaganda. I don't get into those. But yeah. the whole yeah. that's what we're missing in this narrative is that like we're pointing the finger, pointing the finger without realizing that the person we're pointing the finger at, there is a bit of that within us, whether it's um, uh, 
the Amazon guy, um, Jeff Bezos or Fauci sure. um, or, you know, whoever, that there is a bit of that within us. And that's um, the part that he feels is missing. Yeah. Um, so I love that that was your answer. I'm curious if there was a point with everything that's gone on in the last couple of years where you decided that you were going to use your comedy for this form of activism. Yeah, there was, and and there were, you know, various points within a short period of time, but it was probably late April, 2020. Okay. You know, lockdown was there for, you know, six weeks or so at that point. And that's when I started to realize like this pandemic is not about a virus. It's about mm-hmm. control. And please forgive me. I trust my own gut and my own perceptions. Mm-hmm. I don't wait for the news to give me permission to have my truth in the world. So what I just mm-hmm. spoke is my truth. And I mentioned a few minutes ago, freedom is my number one value. But I never knew it was my number one value until it starts getting taken away. Mm-hmm. Kind of the old thing. You don't know what you have until it's taken away. So some of my freedoms are taken away, something I never thought I'd see in my lifetime. And of course, mm-hmm. I'm looking at my community around me and the world at large, seeing a lot of freedoms taken away. So something I activated in me, my inner warrior, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. Yeah. Kind of like the inner William Wallace, whose purpose is freedom and upholding mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. That got activated. And at the same time, that that inner warrior who crusades for freedom comes out because freedoms are in jeopardy and there's a look on the horizon like they they're going to want to take more yeah that collided with finding out my wife is pregnant with our Mm -hmm. first child and that activated something else in me this Mm -hmm. like i've I've always been out to help people to the best of my ability you know Mm -hmm. my comedy has always been intentional to hopefully wake people up beyond levels of fear and restriction that serve them Mm -hmm. and hopefully Mm -hmm. think for themselves. But finding out I had a son on the way, there's like, and you have your mother, you know that how you, you just have this desire to make the world as good of a place as possible for your child. And then I'm already thinking of my child's child. Like I'm feeling Mm -hmm. what it's like to be a dad and like my son, when he's a dad, I want, him to not have to worry about like crappy conditions in an unfree mm-hmm. world. So that combined with just my normal William Wallace guy, just uh, I knew what I had to do. And, yeah. and I certainly didn't know the scope of the mission. I didn't know like, well, will this be like a four month fight and kind of now the tyrants of the world are like, well, we're never giving up. Yeah, so that's, that's fine. Uh, we're not going to give up either. And um, uh, one other point within that, there was a video I put out just right in that time frame that that I didn't think was going to be a strong statement piece Mm -hmm. for freedom. I thought it's like, hey, you know, I normally point out hypocrisies Mm -hmm. and, and use a sort of satire to cut through bs so people can see a deeper truth it's Mm -hmm. what i do so i thought i was just doing that but i made a video called what it's like to believe everything the media tells you Mm -hmm. i remember it yeah and it's like there's it's not 
a conspiracy to say the news is out to scare people mm-hmm. and that they're that yeah they they're willing to manipulate people mm-hmm. whether it's through propaganda or just like we want to scare the living crap out of you so you tune mm-hmm. in and we get advertising dollars yeah. it's not controversial but this video became very controversial I'm like well you know why why are some people getting so butt hurt that I'm suggesting it's not ideal to believe everything the media tells yeah. you. And I, you know, it was a hypnotic, basically like a hypnotic trance activated having to do with the COVID and people being willing to fight for giving up their rights rather than mm-hmm. fighting for their rights. Yeah. So that happened at that time with that video and and that just helped me wake up to realizing there's I call it the other side, the mm-hmm. the tyrant powers that be. Mm-hmm. I realized like, wow, they they have recruited a lot of people mm-hmm. to um, well, basically rent their minds running their thought software. Mm-hmm. So uh, I realized that during the the experience of that video. Yeah. And it's, it's okay. Cause this is a more recent issue. So it's okay if you haven't sat with it long enough to decide um, what really comes up for you. But I'm curious if you have um, when it comes to this sovereignty of like our body, our choice. Um, and, you know, we can stand by that when it comes to COVID, but with the recent situation with, um, women um, not having the right to get an abortion. Um, how are your feelings there? Because that is kind of both from the right side. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, Politically, I, uh, well, first off, politically, I'm always going to be independent. I'll think for myself on any given issue. Mm-hmm. Yet the past year and a half, uh, I've absolutely been way more aligned on the right conservative mm-hmm. just because like i stand for freedom <laughs> for some reason the left is is begging for their freedoms to be taken away yeah but i think for myself on all these issues and you know honestly i'm pro-freedom uh a, a woman's uh, women in texas having the right infringed on to mm-hmm. govern their bodies uh not able to get abortions after there's a fetal heartbeat i believe mm-hmm you know, I'm not for taking away anybody's rights. Yeah. I, I think people should have the right to make bad decisions and the right to make good decisions. Mm-hmm. And and I don't. And I will say this: I think the radical left celebrates abortions as some kind of virtuous good thing to do. Mm-hmm. And and we know there's a weird population agenda thing mm-hmm. happening. Um, that's where Bill Gates gave a TED talk about depopulating the world through a vaccine just yeah. six years ago. Well, we kind of forgot about that. And mm-hmm. his family has been a major funder of abortion clinics. So, makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I, I don't agree that w- w- we need to look at abortions as a virtuous thing to do. Like right. you just went over and cut the elderly man's backyard for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, I. Uh, and I've talked to many women in an emotionally intimate setting hearing some of their big-time traumas from having chosen yeah. to get abortions. Mm-hmm. And, and I know uh, there's 
times where women are served for it uh, really well. And and bottom line, uh, I want people to be able to make choices for themselves about their bodies. So I pre- I, I purpose uh, personally, uh, I'm not aligned with the rights yeah. um, kind of groupthink view on mm-hmm. abortions. I I don't like groupthink when it comes to anything. To be honest yeah. with you. Yeah, I'm I'm not pro-abortion um, in any way, but I I do feel like you said everyone should have their right to make their choice, and that choice is between them and whatever God they serve. Yeah, um, you know it's um, so okay, cool. So I was just curious about that because um, a lot of times what I've experienced is um, people get so, and I haven't felt this way from you, but people get so identified with left or right that they they end up just believing in whatever that person, whatever that side is promoting and they lose themselves in their own critical thinking. So I didn't um, get that impression from you in in any way. So that's why I was curious your thoughts on that. Um, There were two other things that I have seen you post about that I felt personally conflicted on that I wanted to um, go into with you if possible. Uh, The first one is, is guns. So I want I know you've got a Tim Kennedy shirt on. I'm, I love Tim Kennedy. I'm going to take his course with your wife, actually. Amazing. Um, yeah, and we're still trying to get that set up. But I want those who want to hunt and protect their homes um, to be able to own guns. I want to be able to carry a gun when I feel the need. However, specifically because of all of the school shootings, um, specifically for that reason, I do want stricter gun laws on who is able to buy a gun. Uh, maybe dependent on domestic violence or what type of felony they've had, uh, what type of mental illness they've been diagnosed with. And there's a line there for me. So I'm curious your thoughts on that. If it's, um, there must be like freedom for all, uh, or if there's like a line there for you as well. Yeah. You know, for me, there is a line and I would say I want freer gun laws in many respects Mm -hmm. and, I like stricter gun laws in different respects. So when it comes to uh, a felon owning a gun or people who have been diagnosed with mental illness, I think restrictions there mm. are, uh, that's something I get behind. Mm-hmm. And then as far as other gun laws that are restrictive for people, um, I it's like I, I want those restrictions lifted. Mm-hmm. So guns are absolutely dangerous and people are more dangerous than guns. Guns are just a benign instrument. Mm-hmm. And and I do believe, man, this has really been hit home in the past year and a half. I do believe the founding fathers had great wisdom and foresight when they put in our constitution, the second amendment, the right to own guns and for all my life i you know i'd ask teachers like why is that like and for a while i thought well guns are bad i just saw the school shooting and like of course give up our guns take them Mm -hmm. just like they've done in australia but the past year and a half i real i realized like oh what my teachers always told me like it's the right to bear arms Mm -hmm. citizens have the right to form a a militia to protect themselves from a tyrannical government i thought Mm -hmm. well come on America, like this doesn't happen. But the founding fathers knew about history, and they had the foresight to want. want I think want the country to survive beyond their lifespan. This mm-hmm. country of freedom, and 
And I think they were wise enough to know that part of the human condition is corruption and uh, power-hungry egos. Mm -hmm. Power-hungry egos are typically out to control other people. Mm -hmm. And people without guns are way easier to control than people with guns. Mm -hmm. So right now, just grounding like why I'm... first time in my life so grateful for guns and so on board with like they're necessary mm-hmm. is you look at what's happening in Australia their uh, their population that's been disarmed and that was all rationalized through school shooting propaganda and uh, from the U.S. as well, well as I believe like a single public shooting there in Australia mm-hmm. so the population gave up their guns and now the population is uh, living under a tyrannical regime. Hopefully it won't last long, but right mm-hmm. now it's very tyrannical conditions. They're pretending COVID's a part of it. That last I looked, they had only 999 COVID deaths and the whole time COVID's been a thing. But mm-hmm. right now they have people locked in their homes. Their, their government now has the right to uh, literally lock people in apartment complexes. They're not allowed to leave their homes aside from one hour of exercise per day with a mask on. Wow. So, in, in, I could say many other things about Australia, but the point is just <laughs> to bring up one example of how, how that population is now being pretty easily controlled mm-hmm. by what I would judge to be a tyrannical regime. And yeah. you look at other countries and that's happening. And then you look at this inconvenient thing called history mm-hmm. and realize when populations had guns, then they were disarmed. Typically horror follows the disarming, mm-hmm. whether it's fairly quickly or in a, you know, a, a couple decades Uh, through uh, genocide and tyrannical regimes taking over. Mm -hmm. It's easy for me. Sometimes I love doing this. I just go into denial. No, no, this this is America. Tyranny (laughs) doesn't happen. It's like you you actually get legitimately xenophobic. You're like, Mm -hmm. the Chinese Communist Party would do that and, you know, Middle Eastern regimes Mm -hmm. and like Hitler. But it's like, I mean, let's talk about uh, xenophobia, like, yeah, that's that's really being ignorant and humble to mm-hmm. the human condition. Realize just because we speak English, we're one hundred percent vulnerable for the shortcomings of humankind. Mm-hmm. So I've become that's my little rant. I guess I've become mm-hmm. quite a fan of the empowerment the Second Amendment gives mm-hmm. us. Yeah, that makes sense. I didn't think of it that way. Um, and I'm going to sit with that some more because that, that does definitely make sense. Um, I did not know all that about Australia. So um, I'm thankful for that information. And that's one of the things I love about your humor is that it's being used to spread knowledge. And I know that that's power. Um, the other topic was about Victoria's Secret models. Yeah. <laughs> um, I totally get your stance. It makes sense. Um, and there was still a part of me that felt well, I want more variety on the stage. I want more ethnicities and sizes so that we can learn learn to celebrate all different types of beauty and so that our children can grow up experiencing that instead of feeling like only one body type and bone structure is sexy enough to be on that stage because I know we idolize them so much. Um, I felt like this at first, 
when I heard the news before watching your video and thinking of it differently, I felt this was a, a move in a more accepting and a, inclusive direction that will benefit girls in the future. Um, at the same time, I get that those models it's it makes sense for them to be Victoria's Secret models, you know, and I, I don't want to lean so far on that other side that um, we don't celebrate that that type of beauty. And mm -hmm. I know that, um, you know, when a maybe overweight or large uh, larger woman posts like self love body shots, it's celebrated. But if a Victoria's Secret model may do it, it's not celebrated. It's seen as narcissistic and vain. So I want to find the balance there, of course, and not feel um, only celebrating that, which isn't usually celebrated, but yeah. I'm curious your thoughts around all that. And I love, I loved your video. I loved seeing you in lingerie, <laughs> but, um, I'm just, yeah, just curious if, if you, how you felt on that side. Yeah. For me, the whole Victoria secret issue where, you know, they basically fired all their supermodels and brought on, um, uh, different models with different body shapes it, it's for me that whole thing well the reason why i even made a video on it in the first place isn't because like well you take away models who most would consider objectively hot and put in mm -hmm. models that are not uh it's like yeah i i don't care about that like mm -hmm. i don't look at victoria's secret content that doesn't mm -hmm. matter to me but what does matter to me is for me, that seemed like a, a shameful, woke virtue signal point, not rooted in genuineness. Mm. And the um, uh, uh, along with the fact that uh, the Victoria's Secret, I believe the original founder, had dramatic ties to Jeffrey Epstein. Mm. So when you have a company like that during this woke doing this woke virtue signaling thing mm -hmm. of of trying to be trying to appear to be all inclusive mm -hmm. for me it is uh uh it weakens people mm. because there's something different between appearing to be inclusive and appearing to care versus being inclusive and mm -hmm. caring and a lot of the stuff i do by calling out woke culture it's out of respect for the the real virtue of being a kind caring person mm -hmm. and being inclusive and and we live in a society where when you look at the media too often do we give it a pass where someone says and does the right things and we pretend oh you're kind and caring mm -hmm. I, I think we're smarter than that mm -hmm. anybody can fake abusers pretend to be kind and caring mm -hmm. so i think as a society we're smart enough to call out the difference mm -hmm. and and i like to call out the difference yeah thank you thank you for calling out the difference that um that definitely resonates and makes perfect sense um there's yeah, there's, um, it's so sticky, the, the, um, celebration that I was talking about between the different body types and, and, mm -hmm. um, and making those with natural thin bone structure feel like they can't celebrate themselves. So, um, 
But yeah, I'm, I'm thankful for that insight. And I had a few questions from people online that are pretty quick. Um, okay. So uh, before we went into that, though, I did want to ask you really quick. Um, how can we continue to try to inform people without making it so polarizing? That's something that I struggle with um, because I know I want to spread awareness and information and that there is so much misinformation. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel um, really sickened right now by this, like, you can't sit with me energy that I feel like is, is, is happening. And, um, all these collective like tantrums and clicks, you know, <laughs> um, the division for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to contribute to that, like conquer and divide, but, um, during a ceremony last Saturday, uh, there were six women and three of them, this is really interesting. And I haven't figured out why the medicine would give this message, but three of them got the message from the medicine to get the vaccine and to see it as an ally, to pray mm -hmm. into it, see it as an ally for health. Separate women, we never talked about it beforehand. Like it was a completely individual experience. The other three women, the next morning when we were integrating, stood in their truth and said, that's not, that's not true for me. That doesn't feel safe for me. But we honored that that was their message and everyone was able to be sovereign and, and um, there was no polarization and there was so much acceptance. And I, that is what I'm craving so much in this conversation. So I'm curious for, for you, what you feel we can do to get closer to that. Yeah, well, for me, the the energy you were in over the weekend about honoring the sovereignty mm -hmm. of your sisters who got a message to do something different than what you've gotten message for, being in that honoring energy is what we need more of. And I think, how do we get there? Well, I don't have all the answers. I probably don't have even one, but my 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 contribution to an answer would be know that honoring exists. Mm. know that acceptance of other people unconditionally exists. And that's the North Star in the sky to go for and to let lead our way, I think. Because, I mean, how often is it that we just forget, like, oh, like you, you can be best buddies with people you disagree with because we're just, we have repetitively conditioned through yeah. the medium division that's just what's conditioned in wrong. Us. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely you see the polarizing headlines and i don't think this is just by some happy accident i think mm -hmm. conditioning and getting used to division like that's how it is and of course like take it to the nth degree that's going on in our world today is like oh you've got a vaccine passport cold you can eat here and oh you don't have one you cannot eat here divide mm -hmm. it's a literal rejection is being passed into made up laws mm -hmm. but reminding ourselves often i i can absolutely accept others when we disagree mm -hmm. i can accept them when we agree and more importantly celebrate the difference so yeah. how damn horrible would the world be if we all agreed be the most boring thing ever and yeah. and, and you know jade i know some people struggle just with their families yet my reference point is 
my family, my mom and dad, sister, and, you know, we specifically like with the vaccine and some of the, the COVID stuff and tyranny happening in the world, we probably agree on some of the issues, but most of them, like we just see differently yeah. and we don't care. We don't, oh, we've never, that we've never had. not happening for all families. Yeah. And, and I think knowing that there's a different way is the first no. It doesn't, I'm of course, you still have charges like, oh, you got the vaccine or you're putting pressure on me to get it or like whatever's happening. Mm-hmm. But uh, through those triggers, we, I think we all, I need to keep my eye more on the North Star of honoring and acceptance because he, arrogance is thinking, you know, someone else's life plan. You you're the mind of God knowing how their life should be, which kind of pisses in the mind of God and pisses on their free will. But just, I mean, if, if for a second we all step back and pretend like we objectively agree when you're working with ayahuasca with a good shaman, right intentions, Mm -hmm. it's a, it's higher guidance that you're connecting with. Mm -hmm. And, and if we agree on that, then we can start to entertain like, wow, this ayahuasca is like, people found the opposite messages within ayahuasca. What if that, what if that means their life plan isn't exactly like my life plan? Yeah. And, and you know, for them and good for them may not be for me. And it's absolutely. still neither message is wrong. Neither message, or neither message is bad. It's just different messages for mm-hmm. guess what different people and sometimes it's different messages for the same person mm-hmm. a friend of mine he was working with ayahuasca in costa rica a number of years ago and got the message go vegan oh, he did. Mm-hmm. things were great for him then i don't know what it was two three years later he's in another ayahuasca ceremony and he got the very clear message time's up go back to eating eat mm-hmm. and he did that and like his health like just gets even better yeah so even the same people need different messages from the same source of truth. And and for me, I I liken it like we're all going up the same mountain when we're connected to truth. Some people are brainwashed on vaccines. Some people are brainwashed anti-vaccine. But when we're going up the same mountain, we have different methods to get there. It's like we're we're all trying to buy a Tesla so we can get there. It's just sometimes Mm -hmm. we're buying Teslas at different dealerships. It doesn't mean it's bad. It, It means this is the one that's closest to home for me. Yeah. We're all taking different paths to the same place. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, that answer is really refreshing for me. Um, and I understand too, that it's different when someone is making that choice based off misinformation. Yes. Um, I think the, the core thing here was that they received this message from spirit and it was their yeah. truth. Um, and so that doesn't mean that, uh, you know, it doesn't take away my drive to share the knowledge about what I feel around uh, the dangers or, or whatever it is on, on that issue. But your answer was so refreshing for me because the next day I had told someone um, who is very conscious, the spiritual group here in Austin, and I had told them about that experience. And her response was like, and I got stung by a scorpion, by the way, in ceremony, a real scorpion twice. And when I told her, she was like, I don't think you should have been taking medicine with those people. That's probably why you got stung by that scorpion. Yeah. And so it was like, so disheartening for me because yeah. I was like, no, neither is good or bad. Like it was just, I, I, it was so, um, 
kind of, I felt um, slightly invalidated by yeah. that response. So I'm really refreshed by yours. You, you know, well, thank you for that. I, <laughs> I think it's interesting how often there's the temptation to go into division or it's like you share with your friend you share of a beautiful experience of unity like oh, you're choosing vaccine you're choosing not to and ooh, all together beautiful unity you share that with a friend tries to discount it and bring you from more unity and connection and acceptance into division mm -hmm. um there's a lot of that and, and at like a super basic metaphoric level, I think it's the temptation between good and evil to be more mm -hmm. unified. We need the, the resistance of the temptation of division in mm -hmm. order to strengthen our resolve to go into unity. Mm -hmm. um, of course, none of us are going to be batting a thousand percent all the time, but mm -hmm. it's just everywhere we look, the temptation to see division, the temptation I find myself into is, my side the like you know see through this whole mm -hmm. pandemic my side is the smart side the other right. side look at those dumb people and even that is division even though like mm -hmm. it has good intentions and just like mm -hmm. you have got my message i'm gonna unapologetically speak it man it's yeah. crazy yeah yeah, it's like, um, I feel like sometimes there's like this inner bully that like the more conscious we become, the more it kind of like shows its head in a way, yeah. you know, because we feel like I've read all the books and yeah, we're self-righteous yeah. enough, but don't know it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the, the few quick questions from the people online, uh, what was your favorite video you ever made? That's a great question. You know, um, if you ask me that question 10 different times, I'm, I'm very possibly going to give you 10 different answers. Yeah. And, and this memory, right now, the memory that comes to my mind is, it's what I put out five years ago, give or take. It's called If Meat Eaters Acted Like Vegans. Wow, yeah. and, and, you know, it was just such a, a fun process of, like, talking that video out with a couple dear friends that were staying with me. Uh, they they were in it, and I just have so many fond memories of making that video, and then, you know, it goes very viral, which is, like, fun, and, mm -hmm. um, yeah, but you ask me tomorrow, I'll give you a different answer, but that one, that one uh, tickles me right now. Okay. Um, which YouTube video gave you the most backlash? That's a great question. I will say I am typically shocked by how little backlash I get. Uh, if you look at my like versus dislike ratio, it's typically 99% likes or higher, which is just absurdly high. So, but as far as actual backlash, man, I would say, you know what? I'll say this. I thought of it, Jade. Okay. When I put out last summer called Police Brutality Training, and wow. it was in the, you know, the wake of the George Floyd travesty, mm -hmm. and I had the, certainly the best intentions with that video, and I have no yeah. regrets about making the video. I haven't taken it down. I love it being there. People were in a lot of pain at that time. And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and... Um, 
So I was speaking out about police brutality. You know, it's right after George Floyd. And admittedly, I can admit it now, I was buying into so much of the media propaganda to Mm -hmm. vilify police. Uh, I was influenced by that. And I even called for donations to go to BLM, uh, Mm -hmm. Black Lives Matter, the organization, Mm -hmm. which is proven to be just a sham and not actually out to help the black community. So Mm -hmm. at the time, the backlash I was getting was from like basically my biggest fans now where basically my, my approach to that video was fairly woke Mm -hmm. and people were calling me out like JP black BLM, like you're raising money for them. And like JP, this, you know, the racism it's there, but it's not a big of a problem as what you're showing. So it's basically the people who have the view of the world I do now, some of them I got backlash from and I didn't understand at the time. It took me a while to process it, but it's like, yeah, that's where my mind was there. And I think there was certainly some good awareness raised from that video too. Yeah. Um, a lot of people, when they hear Black Lives Matter is a hoax and it doesn't really help anybody, it's very offensive because they don't understand the the meaning behind that, like the, the message behind that, yeah. that, um, so maybe I don't, I don't know if that's a quick thing for you to explain. Um, cause I don't want someone to hear that and then discredit the rest of what we've yeah. talked about because they might not get what we Yeah. Have. So just real quick, the distinction, the statement, black lives matter, absolutely yes. black lives mm-hmm. matter, but the organization called Black Lives Matter, uh, I like to call it BLM because it mm-hmm. just creates less confusion, but the organization Black Lives Matter is the one that I'm saying is a sham, mm-hmm. not the statement, the organization, and it's sham because of the, the uh, two founders of it, they're, quote, they're self-professed trained Marxists, which are communists, and they're out to destroy the nuclear family. These are Their statements used to be on the website, they've since taken it down, um, the principal founder of the organization a couple months ago stepped down because of the scrutiny that's coming out on her of going on a real estate spending spree. I think over $3 million in real estate uh, heavily suspected she used donation money to buy that. Mm -hmm. The uh, leader of the black light, the BLM chapter, I believe it's one in Minnesota was arrested for embezzling $200,000 from the organization. So in my opinion, they chose the name Black Lives Matter for manipulative reasons in order Mm -hmm. to uh, try to convince good people that this bad organization is doing good things. Kind of like how uh, a child abuser doesn't come out and say like, hey guys, I'm a child abuser. No, Mm -hmm. they'll disguise themselves as a friend disguise themselves as an ice cream man, a coach, but it's an abusive pattern where you directly manipulate people into believing that you're kind of the opposite of what you really are. Yeah. So that that's the distinction, according to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think for people listening, if you still want to somehow support Black lives, find a person, a black life, (laughs) find a black person in your life that matters and support them. Um, whatever that looks like for you. Um, but yeah, that's, that stirred up a lot of emotions in me. I have a family member, uh, that started an organization for children who had been abused and was being a predator. So, um, there is, it's like, you just, 
you really have to pay attention and look at who started the organization and yeah. and um yeah it's rough um and it's hard because then sometimes when we get burnt like that that only gives us more trust issues for good causes um so uh the next question is where do you get your research for your youtube from it's a great question so various sources i mean principally the my point of view research that absolutely comes from me. I don't like to outsource my point of view and my opinion. As we talked about, I, I don't like groupthink. I think that uh, God or whoever's up there gave us this miraculous mind. And I think the purpose is to use it. And so when I'm researching a given topic of a video, so for instance, earlier today, I wrote and filmed a video on uh uh, how uh, this controversy surrounding Joe Rogan for him getting COVID, then quickly getting over COVID. Mm -hmm. He used a medication called ivermectin, some other treatments, but he just posted a video, hey, got COVID, here's what I did, and was down for a day, now I feel great. Mm -hmm. So have you followed any of the controversy? A little bit, and I myself took ivermectin when I yeah. had COVID. So um, yeah. I know... Because People because are it works. It a horse pace, but they originally created it for humans. Yeah, so. yeah. Part of it, like calling it a horse dewormer, that's part of the massive smear campaign against it. But the truth mm -hmm. is, there's a very high success rate with people mm -hmm. using ivermectin. And Joe Rogan's one of the examples. So CNN smearing him. They're just making up all these lies in order to try to discredit this video he made that millions of people saw. And of course powers that be see that as a threat so as i'm researching that part of my research is to look at what's the mainstream media saying about this mm. like what's their propaganda spin on it what mm. lies are they spinning on it what direction are they like trying to what's make this mean yeah so i want to know that so i can play the role of the mind manipulator doing that mm -hmm. like you know, satirically like that's the, yeah. the role i've been playing in this video for example and then um you know i'll, I'll typically look at sources on different sides so most of the mainstream media like i'm getting the leftist spin on it and then mm -hmm. like i'll look at the daily wire so dailywire.com it's a conservative media outlet and I, I love their stuff and admittedly most of their stuff it like is going to lean right. Uh, mm -hmm. It kind of helps balance things out. I, I like it. So I'll get perspectives from that. Uh, I'll, I'll also look at perspectives on the Epoch Times, mm -hmm. uh, the epochtimes.com, which I think is the most neutral news organization out there. It's okay. real journalism. It's mm -hmm. not propaganda. And it's not activism. It's journalism. So th those are sources that I'll commonly go to for my research on videos. And then I'll also see, uh, usually I'll spend a little time getting different perspectives, like what's the community saying about this? So some of the people I follow on Instagram, I'll like, cool, what are they posting about this topic? Because I like to be informed, like how different people are interpreting a given issue. Mm -hmm. What I was doing today was the, the Joe Rogan smear campaign that mm -hmm. the media is doing. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's a couple of reasons why ivermectin works so well, but one of the things that I've been um, reading is that a lot of people that COVID um, is really hard on are people who have parasites. And because yeah. of the dewormer, it, it kind of, you know, 
so yeah, I was reading Makes people sense. who COVID has been really hard on. There's like two things. One was that they had a parasite, and then the other one was um, something like mold exposure or something. I can't remember mm. what the, the, but that one was uh, specific to why ivermectin may be working so well. Um, so the last question from the actual audience, I feel we've already answered. And I know in my experience with you, um, I know I haven't spent time with you one-on-one, -on -one, but I have, um, was, you know, around you at the Paul Selig conference. And then at, um, a friend's birthday party, I was sitting next to, um, you and Eric Gotzi as you guys spoke for a while. And I can, f I'm really sensitive to energy and I can feel, you can feel when someone's not true to themselves. You can just feel it. It's it's potent when they're in the room, you know? And and your energy is very authentic and it's very um it feels very at ease. And that's not that's not the case for people who are not living true to themselves. So mm -hmm. um I'm thankful for that. The question was why do you seem to currently only punch in one direction politically? But I, I said that experience of you for me because I feel like you're just following what feels true to you it's not a political thing for you it's yeah. it, you're you're doing what's authentic to you um I don't know if you have anything yeah. you want to add well, well first off I appreciate your hearing your your wonderful perception of me and mm -hmm. you know by the way I think living in truth to the best of anyone's ability is the the best stress reducer you can ever have because if you don't have to remember lies if you don't have to like well i have this old belief it's not really true for me but it's like kind of like still my old belief and it'd be mm -hmm. inconvenient to get a new one you have to like it's so stressful to have to justify shit that's just not true yeah. and remember lies whether they're lies to yourself or not but if you live aligned to truth the best that you can in any given moment, worst case scenario is you have to get in touch with what's true for you in the moment mm -hmm. when faced with a task or a question. And the accessibility to that is always instant. So it's a very stress-free way of living or minimizes stress. Um, so with that said, uh, just the, the question, yeah, I'll throw one more thing at that about why does it seem like I only punch in one way right now? And mm -hmm. by the way, it does seem like that to me right now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'll certainly borrow part of the context of the question for my answer, which is, yeah, I'm, I'm following the what's true for me what, right now. And I think part of what's true for me right now is like we're out, way out of balance. Things have gotten incredibly communistic, synonymous with the left. So if we're 60 degrees out of balance one way, you, having a little tippy-tappy approach ain't going to get you back in balance. It's just physics. Mm -hmm. So if things are pretty extreme right now, they need a, a, a bold boost in the mm -hmm. other direction and i know it's not everybody's true call to be that potent boost that bold boost mm -hmm. right now i'm called for a lot of boldness in that direction mm -hmm. and i know there's plenty of corruption on the right it's mm -hmm. just right now that's not what's jeopardize uh, that's not the principal force jeopardizing people's freedoms mm -hmm. uh, but man i uh, to that question and 
I look forward to the day when I am called to punch in each direction equally. Mm -hmm. First off, that'll mean like we're this current tyranny. We're beyond that. There's always going to be another challenge, but we'd be beyond that one. And now it's like, cool, if the needle itself is pretty balanced or just 15 degrees off, like, cool, you can like, softer approach punch that out and move the needle back and forth so mm -hmm. I look forward to that day to be honest yeah. yeah and um all of the questions and comments were really positive um that one felt a bit more just inquisitive but um mm -hmm. I feel that when people uh and I know Joe Rogan's getting a lot of this as well like our calling people um, that have a large platform like a sellout because they're doing what um, is going to make them more controversial or more money or get more attention. Mm. Um, I feel like that's such a projection of who you, like you don't even know this person, you've projected onto them who you think they are. And then because they're not that person, you're calling them a sellout. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and um, my best friend Tom always says too that like, to, for me with my social media like jade when people comment on your social media and they're mad at you they're angry with you about something they're not telling you about you they're telling you about themselves you know they're telling you about how they feel about the world and so um yeah i've really learned to not take on everyone's opinion of me as truth you know <laughs> um but uh all right, so we're at the end of the show. And at the end of the show, I always ask a few quick questions. The first one is, if you could hug your younger self right now, what would you say? Wow, man, I would, I would say thank you for gifting me with your, your brilliant perspective of the world uh, through the lens of humor. As that certainly comes from my younger self. And mm. I just want them to know you've gifted me with a richer life. And I hope you feel well taken care of me in uh, or well taken care of by me in return. Mm. That's beautiful. If you could have the whole world read one book, which would it be? That's a great question. I know it's hard though. Yeah. You know, the, there's many justifications you could give for many different books, but right now I would say uh, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Mm, the Power of Now. Yeah, I read A New Earth before that. Um, yeah. Yeah, actually, I like The New Earth better, so I'm going to change my answer to... Okay. <laughs> I apologize for interrupting you. It's, no, it's, it's surprising that... Um, or It's not surprising, actually, but so many people, that book was the start of their journey into yeah. I mean we're always on the growth path but in, onto the growth path so um if you could whisper one phrase to everyone on the planet what would it be yeah um nothing is as it seems mm. look for the unseen that's more true than how things seem in front of you that's really good everybody rewind and listen again <laughs> that's really good all right. How can people connect with you um, online? Where can they find you? Yeah, you know, a great spot is my website. Uh, you can jump on my newsletter list. I communicate with you behind the scenes, usually about once a week or so. But my website, awakenwithjp.com. And from there, you've got links to all my things. And awesome. you know, on social media, I'm at awakenwithjp. 
Yeah, thank you so much. That's yeah, really, really nice. Thank you for having me, sister. It's been a, been a joy talking with you. All right, you guys, I did not know what to expect with this interview because he's just, he's such a character. I didn't know what was going to come out of him with my questions. And I got to tell you, it was so refreshing and I could feel his kindness, his empathy and his love through the screen and his intentions. And I'm, I feel like I'm really good uh, when it comes to my intuition on people. And I truly felt trust for this man. I felt like I trusted him. I felt like we can trust his message. And I know it's really, really hard to um, open yourselves up to someone who has such a different message than you. But at the very least, um, I hope that you felt his heart and um, whichever... Um, direction you lean on when it comes to most of the messages there. I hope that you felt his heart and can at least take warmth and that um, depolarization there uh, that, oh, this is a good guy and he has good intentions and he's coming from a place of love and care. And I may not agree with him, but it doesn't mean he's a bad guy. It doesn't mean that he's wrong and I'm right. Maybe we're both right. Maybe we just have different truths. So I hope you felt that. For those of you who um, have always just aligned with his messages, I hope you really enjoyed this conversation and felt uh, like you got to know the man behind the humor uh, because I did and I, I really loved that man. So um, I wanted to read something to you really quick from one of my teachers, Samantha Sweetwater, because it is in alignment with a lot of what we talked about when it comes to the depolarization. Okay, so here it is. Reaction or response? Are you in reaction or response? What does it serve to react? Who is being served when you react? What might you gain if you took the time to respond? One of the most useful distinctions I know of is the distinction between reaction and response. Reaction is immediate, hardly thought. It comes from the body and are readily, and are readily available intellectual and emotional patterns. We call it instinct, but it's generally more of a muddy blend of habitual ideas unconscious emotional triggers and social appropriateness. It is driven by a culture of immediacy and speed. Response is considered mindful. It integrates thinking and feeling, intuition and body sensing. It begins with a pause and allows for holistic sensing. It makes space to consider self, other, and the implications of a given thought or action. Our culture pressures us to react. Media personalities, even fairly woke ones, ask for your reaction all the time. I see the intensity of polarization on key issues as an extension of this culture of reaction. Every time you dig into a position that has strong, strong emotional charge, collapse complexity and project polarities onto the other side, 
you are reacting. And in reacting, you're serving a force greater than you that feeds on your opposition, your isolation, your division from other human beings and neighbors. It's a hijack of epic proportions. We have a strong cognitive bias to feel safer in positionality than in uncertainty. But really, this impulse is making the world a rapidly more dangerous place. It's time to restrain positionality in favor of the ability to respond. So today, please consider before you take the trigger, pause, expand into response. You might find that the thing you were so invested in, so certain of, is far more complex. You may find that action doesn't require hating the other side. We don't need to devolve. We need to evolve. Mm, that is so good. So good. I am so thankful to have her as a teacher. And her fierceness and her message is always like, oh, it just cuts me to my heart. It's so good. She is such a truth speaker. I love it so much. And um, this is something I'm really working on, not so much when it comes to political issues, but just when it comes in my relationships um, to take a moment, that the moment I feel disrespected, that the moment I feel devalued, that I don't need to speak up right then. There's this like feeling of like, it has to be said right now. I can wait. I can wait a whole day just to make sure I'm responding and not reacting. Whew, it's really hard. It's really hard because sometimes we feel like the emotion of disrespect or devalued or whatever it is that came up in us won't go away until we say something until we set that boundary, until we speak our truth, until we stand up for ourselves. But if we can sit with it and wait to respond, I guarantee you that our truth will be spoken in a way that is more effective and the person will feel our truth more, which is so much more important because we want them, we want them to we want them to hear us. We, we want to be heard, right? We won't be heard often when we come from a place of reaction. And I know that when like um, a school shooting happens or it, really any shooting, I get really reactive and I start posting and I post and I post and I never change anyone's mind when it comes to that because I'm in a reactive state. I have to integrate, I have to sit with it and then respond. And that is my work right now. That is not something I'm perfect at at all, especially in my relationships. I've really got to work on this. I'm so thankful for her writing. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in and being on this journey with me. Check the show notes if you want some discount codes. Um, we've got, I've got some discount codes for pleasure wands, for yoni eggs, for CBD. Uh, for uh, infrared products, 
uh, the list goes on. So check out the show notes if you want some discount codes. And it would mean so much to me if you would leave a review or share this episode with your friends. You can also join me on Instagram at Untamed and Unashamed Podcast. As always, be a light, stay open, and remember, you belong here. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.